right, all right, all right. Welcome back to another week of Scotch Hour. I am Noah. And I am Jesse. All right, Jesse. I think we have another great week ahead of us here. Uh, we had our uh, our first thing up is our Scotch Review, which is going to be the Jura 10. Yes. Correct? And then from there, we're going to do our shout outs and our uh, get it togethers. Biden. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then which uh, category does he fall into? <laughs> hmm, I wonder. <laughs> I wonder. Um, and then we finally go into the uh, restaurant review, which was I forget the name of the place. McCarthy's. McCarthy's in Aurora, okay. Colorado. All right, there we go in Aurora, Colorado. <laughs> in the ghetto. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really that much of a ghetto there. Nah, it's not. And then we uh, have our uh, our smarter challenge, being the uh, movie review of the gentleman. Yes. Uh, directed by Guy Ritchie. Yes. Scotch review. The Jura 10 year old. So this particular Scotch 40% ABV and it is from the island of Jura. Now the island of Jura is just north of the Isle of Isla. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, southern, uh, more um, more northern than that, is actually the Isle of Skye up above. So it's off the west coast of Scotland, and the island itself faces the Atlantic Ocean on its west. And on its east, um, there are wonderful little bays, uh, little areas where there are sea lions and sea eagles that get to enjoy the weather there. So a little bit rougher on the west, a little bit calmer on the east to the north there is the kragen wrecker the tidal pool um that is considered pretty dangerous water so that's just north of the island all right so the on the east side there there are no baby seals so we can't go like beat up baby seals uh, on the east side there are baby seals not on the west oh okay so <laughs> so if we want to go beat up baby seals that's where we would go uh yeah if you're looking for a new a new seal jacket i hear the skin is very warm <laughs> <laughs> just joking we don't harm animals here <laughs> on scotch hour not on the show <laughs> <laughs> definitely not on the show <laughs> And All then, right, a few other things about this scotch. It is aged in American white oak, oak ex bourbon <laughs> barrels for the 10 year period, the most of that duration. And then it's finished in, um, we've got Spanish Oloroso casks to give it a little bit of a sweet taste. And my understanding is, uh, based on what we've seen earlier this evening, as far as on the taste scale, as far as uh, gentle, delicate, or robust, and as far as smoky or more delicate it's kind of uh, centrally located yeah that on that chart there that we saw that earlier tonight yeah all right well i'm gonna pop open this canister if you want to share some more factoids about the jura distillery all right well apparently it was established in 1810 uh, i'm assuming that the uh, 200 and some odd people that lived there in the island all disappeared and left <laughs> and uh <laughs> <laughs> and it was reborn again in 1963 to bring life back to the island. That's right. So it says history of falling into despair, restored in 1884, and again in disuse and uh, dismantled in the 1900s. So therefore, uh, I guess in 1952, local estate owners Robin Fletcher and Tony Riley Smith 
um, they were keen to re- uh, revive that local economy. And you're telling me some really cool uh, like little factoids. There's, there's like only like one hotel, run, one grocery store, uh, two distilleries, one for whiskey, one for gin. Yeah, it's uh, uh, they call it the island of one. <laughs> <laughs> one is the magic number. <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs> One road, one shop, <laughs> one pub, one whiskey, one gin. That's right. One woman, maybe? I don't know. Well, <laughs> there's 212 inhabitants uh, on the island, people who live on the island. So if there's one woman, it's got to be tough. <laughs> got to be tough. And not like Iceland, right? Where is it Iceland that has like uh, like more women to men? Yeah. <laughs> Island jurors, 200 people total or something like 200, whatever. 212. 12. <laughs> 212 residents. Most of them work for, or at least uh, most of them have a family member that works for the distillery as well, the whiskey distillery. So what you think probably what, like a third of them are kids? I don't know. <laughs> like if you think about whiskey, can they get it up? <laughs> <laughs> maybe not i don't know <laughs> there may be no kids on this island uh this is an interesting <laughs> bottle uh and it is uh, famed to be shaped like this to withstand the harsh waters around the island the atlantic and of course the Kragenrecker <laughs> that is just north of it um to help this whiskey survive the travels for distribution uh it looks almost like uh it would be held well so if you're drinking while you're sailing maybe that's why it's not round it got a good grip there uh but otherwise i don't know like the canister itself isn't bad the copper color they come in different colors of course for the different ages it's not terrible uh, but this bottle it's not my favorite i kind of like the round bottle or a square bottle it does feel good in the hand that's i would say said. i like the 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 round bottles, I think I'm more used to seeing anyways. Um, I don't know. Maybe I don't see how that like uh, saves the bottles more going through or going by that whirlpool. Yeah, I'm struggling with that one too. I mean, I think uh, we had that one from uh, from the lowlands. Like that was a thick glass square bottle. Like I could see that one surviving more so than maybe that. All right, we're going to pop this bad boy open. Hey, it's corked well. <laughs> Every walrus loves a tight seal. Glug, glug, glug. So you were mentioning something here as you're pointing this one that the uh, distilleries have like a tall neck. Yeah, so being on an island, they went out of their way. The two brothers in the the 50s, before they reopened the distillery in 1963, they went out of their way to bring in some of the uh, tallest um, distiller, the the necks on the the bottle. The stills. Yeah, the stills um, are some of the tallest in the islands. Uh, So I'm sure they're competing with Glenn Morangi from the Highlands nonetheless. But uh, they do believe the taller the still, the more pure the spirit. Well, uh, what animal has a longer neck than a giraffe? Because that's already claimed by Glenn Ramsey. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> We're going to have to go to the Marvel Universe for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Stretch. Mr. Stretch. 
So explain this to me. I think you you put here in the notes here that uh, there's brunch time cocktails with Jura Whiskey at 1 p.m. BST, and it says Jura Whiskey Pub Lock. What's a pub lock? Okay, so here's the interesting thing. So one thing that the Jura Distillery does is they have their Fais Al every year, and in 2021, they've got two sessions that will be on Instagram Live. So what this is is an Instagram Live. So last, like last year. Yeah, and they'll have one for 2022. But what it is is this, uh, they bring in two specialists, one for mixed drinks and one that shares the scotch and beer pairings um, to really tell you which scotch would go best with your favorite beer inside of a pub or which mixed drinks and how to blend them are the best for using with their Jura whiskeys or such. Okay. So they're still available on Instagram. Might be worth looking at. Uh, again, back in 2001, the first one, brunch time cocktails, and then the second one, whiskey pub lock-in, which sounds like it could be a fun movie. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? <laughs> Uh, the island itself is 30 miles long, seven miles wide. We talked the population, 212, the Atlantic on its west, and uh, then serene bays of uh, seals and sea eagles on the east. Um, the Cory Vrecken, man, it's considered one of the most dangerous waterways in all of the British Navy's path. All right. So I'm guessing a lot of people wrecked and died there. <laughs> I mean, they're still missing. Who knows? I still, yeah, I understand water is coming in and creating a whirlpool. It would be a spectacular sight to see, to be on a boat and then start going in a circle. Maybe that'd be a little frightening, but to see it, that would be amazing. Yeah, I'm not sure if I really would want to ride the whirlpool, but to check it out, that, that might be kind of cool. Yeah. Now, on the island itself, Jura and their distillery, their water self, their water source is the Pops of Jura. So it's the tallest mountain on the island where when it snows, as that snow or even rainwater makes its way from the top. So if the snow's melting or the rainwater is making its way down the mountain, it finds through creeks and valleys and waterfalls right down to oh the my. distillery where they get to use this water and do in fact use this water to make their scotch. And that would just be a fun trip too i'm not sure you'd want to make it on foot i'm not sure how much of an elevation change that is has to be pretty good if there's snow up top the peak and it's melting and finding its way down through waterfalls and other streams and paths uh, but that would be amazing to see that journey just water it's waterfalls like and streams and rivers oh my yeah it's 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 like the 2000 mile <laughs> trip of a plastic bag that we sent to recycling and never got recycled <laughs> At least we're using this water. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So I guess it'll be time for us to go ahead and do our notes here. Um, so we'll go ahead and we'll uh, snip it here and come back and share with you guys everything that uh, we have personally discovered for ourselves. All right. Cheers. All right, cheers.
surprised we haven't tried this one sooner and comes from such a tiny little island. Those uh, little 212 worker bees do a really good job over there. <laughs> and only a fraction of them work for the distillery, apparently. Yeah. So um, Somebody's got to run the one hotel and the one pub. And, and the, one the one street <laughs> and be the one janitor. <laughs> Can you imagine me the one shit guy? Dude. <laughs> I mean, suck. it might be cool. Could you imagine me in the janitor in the distillery? That could be a oh, cool man. job. If I, got, if I got to be like toasty, like buzzed the whole time, sure, why not? <laughs> That's just it, man. <laughs> you don't even realize it till you get home, pass out, and wake up the next day. Damn, I cleaned shit all day yesterday. Let's go do it again. <laughs> <laughs> and then go to the gin distillery. Yeah. I want some gin. I wonder how their gin is. Maybe I have to try that one of these days soon. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> okay. Uh, any case, uh, to get back on topic here for <laughs> the scotch, uh, it does have a nice copper gold. I do like the color of it. I like the more like darker um, co- like colors to these scotches. Like the light ones, you know, like there's a lot of great like tasting scotches that have that are light in color, but. To me, I think when you when I think of a scotch, I want it to be like this nice copper gold or you know a little bit of a darker gold color. And so I really do I really do like the the color of this scotch here. Um, I think that's uh, probably due to like the aging of it there in the Oloroso sherry casks. Um, now, as far as the the nose goes or the bouquet, uh, my initial. And this is, and I think now that I've like gone back and smelled it multiple times, uh, my initial hint was like uh, caramel. But now that I've like gone back and I've kind of like spent a little bit more time with it, um, I don't really don't think it is caramel. Uh, what I did get is um, I got uh, some orange dark chocolate, uh, hint of vanilla, and I and I want to say like a, a tad bit of tobacco. Um, I'm not exactly sure where I'm picking up the tobacco part from, but it just seems like um, I never smoked, but my parents smoked, and so someone occasionally, every once in a while, I would open up their like their cigarette packs, and like when he, <laughs> when I was a kid, uh, that and smell that that's that initial oh, smell. I love the smell of tobacco. Oh yeah, that, like when you first open up a pack of cigarettes, and I don't even smoke, and I hate smoking, uh, but like when you open up those pack of cigarettes, that smell of that tobacco smells really good, and it just seems like. Uh, on this Jira here, I get like that slight hint of that tobacco that kind of just reminds me of when you open up a fresh pack of cigarettes. Yeah. Um, now, when it comes to the uh, to the palate, uh, I get in like an initial uh, sweet flavor to it, uh, which might be kind of like uh, maybe it's coming from that orange or maybe the vanilla. Um, but then from there, uh, I get uh, definitely some ginger in the mid-palate along with some toasted almonds. And then that, um, that ginger continues to linger going into the, uh, to the back part of the palate where I still get the ginger but, with, but mixed in with a dark chocolate. And uh, it makes for a nice finish. Yeah. So overall, um, I think it's a pretty good... Uh, Pretty good bottle of scotch, and I think uh, it's in a pretty reasonable price point range. Yeah, like 45 to 50 to you. Okay. Yeah, so that's uh, definitely a good range. All right. Yeah, for me, I agree. I love this nice, deep, copper, gold, brassy tone uh, that it has. And on the 
nose for me, one of the first things I notice is that vanilla and just the teeniest bit of orange, teeniest bit. Um, and, and it's followed by dark chocolate, um, pretty much that cocoa scent. On the palate, at first I didn't get it, but as it's had a moment to breathe, I'm getting some of that orange flavor as well. Uh, definitely followed with, and you mentioned ginger in the middle, um, a little bit of um, coffee and toasted almonds. And for me, I feel like that comes from those American white casks that it was aged in. Um, but it's a little sweet and creamy. The finish is pretty long. Um, it is rich, not sharp, but rich, not subtle. And it is full of vanilla. And you mentioned um, that hint of ginger even in the finish uh, gives it a little kick uh, because it's only 40% ABV. So that's not the alcohol giving you that kick, uh, but it's the creamy, um, not cream, um, not uh, like cream on your tongue, but that creamy sensation that you get from a truly dark chocolate that it finishes with to me, um, it's kind of bitter. It's not super sweet, um, but I think as they finish the aging process, you mentioned the Oloroso Sherry casks, I think you get just enough of that where it's not truly bitter, but you're getting that dark chocolate. You're like 90% cocoa dark chocolate candy bar where you still got a little bit of that creamy flavor, but it's definitely got um, the rich cocoa. <laughs> yeah. It definitely does have that creamy chocolate. <laughs> yeah, it's delicious. Um, it's, it is a pretty good one. I am also surprised we haven't tried this before. You know, every time we think, okay, we're up to like 60 scotches plus now on the show, we're going to run out of scotches to try. And then we yep. go to the liquor store and we're like, damn, we got years ahead of us. <laughs> this is going to take a minute. And uh, this is a fun treat. It is interesting to learn a little bit more about the history, the geography, um, even on this 30-mile long, seven-mile wide island, the mountain ranges, the waterfalls, the water source, um, the journey that uh, this water went on and took upon itself to get to the distillery, at which point they use it to make a pretty good gin in those really tall stills. Um, it's a fun one. Is it my favorite? favorite? No. Um, is it a, a pretty good one? I could see, I could see people, not that I mix a bunch of drinks, but I could see this being a good one, the Jura 10 for a mixed drink. If you're going to use a scotch partially because of the price point. Um, but it is also just a easy drinker. Yeah, I would say it's an easy drinker and I could see how one might want to use it for a, uh, no, that's just blast of <laughs> you don't make scotch. That's single malt scotch. That's the whole point. Use blended scotches for that. Exactly. No, um, no, but what I would use it for is some cooking. Ooh. I think you might get some nice flavors out of that from cooking with that chocolate, dark chocolate. Dude, can you imagine possibilities with chocolate chip cookies with a little bit of this? Ooh. Chocolate chip cookie dough with like oh yeah that, that, that might be oh no we better make this happen before they do. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. So yeah, for me, um, it'd be a fun one. You could definitely take it to poker night, uh, to watch a race with in the morning, in the evening. If you're watching Formula One, you know there are races at six o'clock in the morning and midnight, depending on where you are and live in this wide, wide world of ours. Um, so yeah, it's uh, any, again, easy drink. It's time for our shout outs. Oh man, my one um, shout out is to a group of people, but particularly Max Verstappen um, upon the Red Bull racing team powered by their Red Bull power units, aka Honda engine, uh, doing another phenomenal job in Italy at the Italian Grand Prix this past weekend. Really going for max points, won the sprint race, won the actual Grand Prix, fastest lap, pole position. Maximum points. Yeah, he just awesome job, Max Verstappen. Um, man, what a shout out. You continue to bring excitement and joy to this sport uh, because honestly, I thought Leclerc had a, was, was a shoe in for this victory. And then seeing what Max and the Red Bull team did strategy-wise, um, just really a great Grand Prix. It was a fun race to watch. It was a fun weekend to watch. Yeah, I only got to catch a, a little bit of it. Um, I was working all weekend, and uh, but uh, it seemed like a, you know from the parts I captured, it seemed like there was some good uh, good racing going on there. And I, I think in that practice, the first practice or second practice, I think it was Leclerc who uh, looked like he's about to spin out in a, in a corner, and he yeah. had a great recovery. <laughs> that so. was a good recovery. So, like, I shout out there to, to Leclerc <laughs> for that. I mean, that was just, like, some phenomenal driving. And you got to imagine, these guys are, like, it's raining outside. <laughs> They're doing over, like, like somewhere between, like, 100 or something to 200 miles an hour. And for them to go, like, uh, to just uh, recover, that, that was, that's pretty phenomenal driving right there. Not all of them recovered well. <laughs> <laughs> Not all of them. But Leclerc did, and that's for that it like that wasn't going to be my shout out but it ended up being a shout out so great job to Leclerc on that <laughs> i agree <laughs> uh my true shout out goes to uh indian kitchen three there in uh, on the main main street of uh parker um i went there for uh i i got off of uh i got done teaching early the other day Saturday. Saturday, and I went there for, uh, for like, an early dinner. So I got there, I think, around, like, oh, I think 4.30-ish or nice. so. Or maybe that was yesterday. I don't know, Saturday or Sunday, whatever. It was this weekend. I went there for an early, for an early lunch slash dinner, and uh, it, it was great. Uh, I think the, the service was good. The guy was really prompt, he, but he wasn't overbearing. Uh, you could actually understand him, too, so that, that does help. And the food was really good. Uh, they had a really nice dish uh, that I got. I think it was uh, called chicken madras. Uh, and uh, it's pretty similar to the uh, uh, masala, um, but it just has like a little bit different seasoning and stuff in there. But a uh, great, uh, great restaurant. I highly recommend going there for anyone who does try it. Um, I will throw in some pictures, and that, that's my shout-out. All right. Oh, I guess uh, – Get it together's. Yeah, get it together. Oh, I have actually one more shout out. Sorry. Do it. Uh, this shout out goes to Elon. Uh, oh. Good job for uh, buying. Uh, 
<laughs> for buying Twitter and making nice tweet. <laughs> yeah, nice tweet. Uh, and uh, making all the uh, far left uh, liberals go crazy. So shout out to you for that. That was, uh, if, if it's truly used to secure and help maintain one of our amendments, freedom of speech, it is not just a great shout out. That is a hero for all of us, even exactly. those that don't want to face the fact that now um, there will be no, well, most likely there will be no blocking of people's freedom of just that speech. And it's interesting when we think, and we talked about this at dinner uh, during covid uh, there were a lot of things that were blocked because they were untrue or false news, fake news, all these things. And later it came out that that was truth. Uh, and I would love to see that just as many people, individuals were penalized personally by the social media or by different agencies for fake news that ended up being real. I would therefore like to see all of these different mediums. So whether it be uh, Facebook or another form who blocked this and penalized these individuals also in return have to be fined or pay back um, some retribution for their wrongdoing because they actually then blocked real news. They actually stopped freedom of speech they stopped a constitutional right um, and penalized someone wrongfully. Yeah, and uh, hopefully uh, he does bring back free speech. And for those of the for those people who were a part of the uh, big purge, like I was, hopefully we'll get our, our Twitter accounts back. <laughs> nice tweet. <laughs> nice tweet. <laughs> the other guys. <laughs> One of my favorite pretty lines. Bird, <laughs> pretty bird. <laughs> Not dumb and dumber. <laughs> the other guys. <laughs> All, right, All right. So get it togethers. Get it togethers. All right. I um I'm gonna say uh, this one's gonna go probably out to the uh media person for uh for Biden, which is uh Jen Saki, oh. uh or what uh, some people like to call her as Peppermint Patty. Um, they asked her today about like what she thought about Twitter and you could tell that she was, uh, very, uh, upset about Elon Musk taking over Twitter and the possibility of having a free speech and, uh, not having that, uh, the ability for the government to go to Twitter and tell, tell them to, uh, censor people. So I'm just going to tell her, Hey, this is America. We do have a constitutional right of freedom of speech and therefore get it together. Yeah. Interestingly enough, uh, my get it together also goes to Biden and his administration. Um, and uh, also all of the news that keeps saying Russia is losing ground in the Ukraine. Russia is not a threat to Ukraine. Uh, Russia isn't winning. Uh, Russia is losing. Russia is the fail. And then there's the flip side. So Russia's failing. They're not making any ground, apparently, according to some of these news posts. Um, you know, what you can see on certain news channels um one day it's oh they took this city and the next day it's like they lost two cities and um but the, the biggest piece to me is all the congressmen and senators who have come out and said russia's not a threat and then yesterday on the treadmill at the gym i'm reading how biden is giving 800 more million 800 million additional dollars to ukraine to fight a non-threat 
We have starving people all over America. We have homeless people all over America. You take every one of these dollars we've given to Ukraine so far that they've used for who really knows what. We don't have an oversight committee to see where these dollars are going. We're just giving them hundreds of millions and billions of dollars. And that's because Ukraine launders the money and gives it back to the Democratic Party. Yeah, that's whatever. probably true. Um, but the struggle here is what if you took every one of those dollars and built shelters and food sources and uh, things just to improve our own country? Um, so, yeah, I just uh, why are we giving hundreds of billions of dollars, 800 additional apparently this week uh, to a country that is facing a non-threat? I think you make a good point there. Uh, why are we just giving financial aid altogether to other countries when we have homeless people here and, and things that we can take care of with our own people? Yeah, and and uh, a border crisis. Like Biden doesn't want to yeah. hear about that one on top of everything else. Uh, what are we supposed to do there? It's very interesting just how many fails they've had. And, man, Trump did and said some stupid things. But when I look back at his presidency, I don't see these fails, these constant fails left and right. Again, I'm not saying everything the guy did or said was right. The guy said a lot of stupid stuff. But um, what we don't want to always hear is the truth or a version of it. And, and at the same time, man, I kind of rather get the truth and hear somebody say something that offended me than get a lie or uh, uh, somebody who's just throwing resources away. We are literally... Well, you know who says stupid things, away. right? Is Biden. Like, he's like, America is the greatest. <laughs> and then, and then the, the news is like, oh, that was such a great speech. <laughs> I, I mean, at least, like, the, the media, like, went there to go help Biden and stuff. But no, when, when Trump, Trump said something stupid, you can at least understand what Trump said. And then the, and then the media bashes Trump. So. You know, hey, the media needs to get it together there. That I, no, I agree. And I think that's an interesting piece. Again, um, I would love for the media who puts out fake news to be penalized like the individuals who went against the main powers. Oh, totally. of, uh, what would that be like? How exciting would that be? Have you there, there, we'd be down to like one news channel within a week. <laughs> <laughs> the, other, the other thing here, oh, here's another get it together. CNN. Oh, dude. CNN decided that they're going to do an online extra subscription uh, news source, and uh, they failed horribly. Failed oh, after dude. three weeks, they had to cancel their service. Not not only that, but help <laughs> like me they, understand. They had this. like less than ten thousand subscribers. Help me understand this. Here's something that is super interesting to me, and um, man, when we, you know, back before we were born, like. 20, 30 years ago, Gulf War, we'll say. <laughs> CNN had news and videos before our government shared anything with us. They had it live. And we how? Know, uh, how? Now that, you, now that you're old enough, you have to ask the question, how did they get it live and how did they get it right. sooner? So, but now we take another 20 to 30 years of technological advances <laughs> and mainstream and now we have none of that from ukraine no Isn't we don't that crazy it is crazy <laughs> hmm, maybe why? it doesn't meet their narrative yeah probably doesn't meet their need um that's also something that's very interesting so you think about it from the narrative's perspective we want to defund the police yet we just gave another 800 million dollars to fund the ukrainian police what? 
Emotional damage. Like I'm hurt by this. I literally was personally offended. My tax dollars or going to another country. If you're gonna throw away my tax dollars, I don't even want you to do it in a stimulus, by the way. But do something for our country, uh, not your your own pockets. If that's what the ultimate thing was, uh, yeah, that was a nice raise that. Uh, the uh, politicians gave themselves, you know, two months ago. But um, none of that, just saying, like, let's put it to use and help America. Get it together. Get it together. We went to, again, McCarthy's in Aurora, Colorado, and it is a little Irish pub uh right on the corner there i guess that would be the uh would you say the chambers and smoky yeah, chambers and smoky hill right down the road from smoky hill high school uh interesting very interesting uh we went at the uh, beginning of happy hour happy hour currently is uh, three to seven three to seven seven days a week i wouldn't say it was the best happy hour uh i mean 350 domestic Drafts is pretty good. $4 glasses of wine, their house wine, whatever that was. We don't know. Decent. But I'd like to see some appies on there. Yeah, that would have been nice to see some appies. Yeah, I agree with you. Would have been nice to have some uh, uh, happy hour appetizers. Yeah. Um, so for myself, man, I mean, for us, we started with their jalapeno poppers. And they came out piping hot with some ranch dressing? Question mark. <laughs> It's a little runny. It was a little runny. Um, but uh, with that, they were good. They tasted like they were probably homemade from the restaurant. Um, not the best, man. The best still right down the road at the Italian joint. Uh, those are, however, a little bit different. They're just the jalapeno with the cream cheese, no breading, and wrapped in prosciutto. Oh. I'll take the prosciutto over that any day. Um, then for the dinner, uh, and again, I just I, I went with... Uh, you know, the Miller High Life, so to speak, <laughs> for my inexpensive beer. And with that, I had the fish and chips. Fish and chips, again, tasted like it was homemade. The French fries were definitely a homemade style, thick cut French fry. Uh, the French fries were great. The fish was good. Um, overall, I would give the food a six and that's only because there are so many better fish and chips out there especially for like irish pubs or beer joints restaurants and and nothing really stood out nothing jumped at me the service i'm giving it a five um and uh, you know average like not great not the worst but nothing stood out the environment environment was pretty cool uh, not bad. Uh, probably a lot more hopping in an evening, not a Monday night or, you know, uh, at uh, 4 p.m. But um, it was pretty quiet, not a ton of energy, but not in a bad way. So environment-wise, it's getting a six. Um, overall, six. Would I take a date there? Man, if it's just along the way, it not for the food, 
Maybe if you just want a beer at the bar and keep on your way, if you're on a hot road trip or something, it'd be fun to stop and just get a cold glass of beer and keep moving on. Um, but otherwise, I'm not going out of my way to take a date there for a meal. And they do have live music. They made that very clear. So if there was live music going on, that might be fun to take a date to, listen to a little bit of music. Um, definitely seems like a more conservative part of town. And the average age of that town member is a little up there. <laughs> <laughs> how about your dinner all right so um my dinner um well first of all i'll start off with the appetizer the jalapeno poppers were good the only thing was that um the way they made them it was kind of like your standard pub fare for that uh it tasted all right however i kind of thought the jalapenos were slightly bit rubbery uh condom damn it <laughs> I think they probably could have been cooked a little bit better, um, but you, but overall the taste was was there, so I liked the taste of them. Um, I did order the uh, beef uh, smothered burrito, and I think their green chili sauce might have tasted really good, <laughs> but they didn't really put a whole lot on there. It was just like enough to just like do a very light coating from one end of the burrito to the other end of the burrito. And when I talk about like a smaller burrito, I like to have like a lot of green chili on there. So you have like extra that's spilling over into the, into the other parts of the plate to where you can kind of scoop up some uh, green chili to go along with your burrito. Yeah. And I didn't really get that, but I, but from those, like the slight bit of taste I got from the green chili, I think it would have been a pretty good green chili. So if I were to go back I would be open to trying their green chili fries because I think the green chili would have tasted well on them. Mm -hmm. uh, the meal itself, uh, I, obviously, there's a lot, a lot of other like Mex. Well, there's Mexican restaurants all over the place here, <laughs> and they also have like smothered green, like smothered burritos. Uh, so I think there are a lot of other places you can go to get a, a much better smothered burrito. And like you, I probably would give it a six. It wasn't a bad burrito, but it wasn't a, like a, a great burrito. Like, And kind of something similar to what you said, there's nothing there that really stood out except for one thing. And I'll get to that here in a moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, as far as the atmosphere goes, it was kind of low energy. Um, but the low energy was different than the kind of low energy vibe that we got from Bubba's. Bubba's would seem like it was like kind of a detrimental kind of uh, low energy. This one here, you could tell it was like a like a neighborhood pub, mm -hmm. and it was just like a bunch of locals hanging out. They weren't really there to be all riled up. They're just kind of just there chilling to have their their conversations with their buddies and and uh, it just enjoy the atmosphere there. So like the low energy that they have was just because of the music wasn't really high, but you could just tell everyone was enjoying themselves, which is something different. It is true uh, than what I really got from Bubba's. And uh, uh, the wait staff, um, I think they could have been a little bit more on top of it. Uh, they that's what she said, <laughs> yeah, that is what she said. Uh, <laughs> but I think they could just been a little bit more on the ball, and uh, they just uh, they, they didn't come around quite enough. However, they were super friendly people, so I do like how friendly they were, mm -hmm. and the uh, the service, the service, right? They uh, they brought us like. Silverware twice, like once with our appetizers and then once again with our main dish. So I thought that was kind of nice of them to do that. You don't really see like uh, like most like 
middle to low range restaurants doing that. So definitely a higher class, which was appreciated. Yeah, I agree. Uh, now the one thing that uh, kind of <laughs> bothered me about it, and I probably w- would not have noticed it until you pointed it out, <laughs> was the ceiling fans had a shit ton of like uh, <laughs> of dust hanging off of them. It wasn't and just a little bit. Like he had like 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 almost like half an inch to inch long like like, like dust like mice. Dust, yeah, dust mites <laughs> hanging off of it, and they could have just dropped in someone's food at any point in time. <laughs> So, um, with that, I give the environment uh, probably like uh, I mean, if you're there late at night, dark, and watching a band, you probably would never notice these things. Uh, so probably, you know, I give it like a six overall. There, the I'm just gonna give it a six straight across the board. Food, everything, like service, and uh, would I take a first date there? No. If I would I meet a friend there? Sure. Um, if I've been dating someone for a while and we're just looking for just a, like a kind of a pub place to go chill, grab some pub food and not be blasted out by music. Sure. Um, but I, that's definitely not like a place I would go to take a date. I think it'd be fun to go in the summer when the fans are going with those cans of air and just when no one's looking, shoot up there and give it some extra air. Poof. No. (laughs) Because that might all like backfire and land on you. Hey, I'm okay with that. <laughs> it would be worth it because there was so much dust, it would land on everyone. <laughs> it wouldn't just be me. You don't know how long that dust has been up. Plus, there. you got to make sure the fans go in the right way. So when you hit it with the air, it goes up and out. out. You just stay under the fan. Safe zone. <laughs> Safe zone. <laughs> A quick study and analysis of The Gentleman, uh, Guy Ritchie's 2019 comedy action movie about a marijuana kingpin, Matthew McConaughey, who stars um, as Michael or Mickey Pearson. And he decides, hey, I've had enough. I'm worth my millions hundreds of millions i'm ready to retire and as he puts it you know start to live the good life maybe have some cubs and with that he starts this whole chain reaction of deception and blackmail and uh, schemes that are all trying to undermine him so that somebody everyone wants his business over there all the people the power players they want the business they just don't want to pay the 400 million for it and it makes for a great yeah god damn it's only 400 million biden gave twice that away to ukraine doesn't even know what it's going for (laughs) come on it's like let's get it together So with this, though, uh, we've got a ton of money being thrown around, and Matthew McConaughey plays his role, Mickey Pearson, Michael Pearson, flawlessly. It was a fun movie. I love the relationships in it. Um, But, you know, as we go in there, uh, Guy Ritchie does his thing. And Guy Ritchie, uh, you know, you've met her. The first person who ever introduced me to understanding Guy Ritchie films was Marissa. And with that, it was very interesting because back then we're talking about movies like Snatch. And just, oh, gr- Snatch. Snatch. Oh, it's, uh, uh, it's almost, uh, I don't know. It might even be better than The Gentleman. I don't know. 
That's a tough one. The gentleman's pretty damn good. Gentleman's really good, but I would say the snatch is still probably my favorite. <laughs> he meant snatch, not the snatch. Yeah, well, <laughs> both. <laughs> snatch and uh, uh, lock, stock, and two. You want to watch a movie or? <laughs> Why not both? There you go. Uh, um, lock, stock, and two smoking barrels I liked a lot, too. Again. What? Two I said that one right. Two smoking barrels, man. Who <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, where was Will Smith's Woo <laughs> when he went and slapped Chris Rock? That would have been priceless. Right? Ah. <laughs> 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 So with that, we'll get back to the the smarter challenge here. You know, what did you think of the movie? I know we've both seen it previously. We rewatched it for this episode. Um, you know, what do you think? Well, here, here's what I'm going to start off first with. Uh, with Guy Ritchie, I enjoy his movies. Like, his movies are very different than a lot of other types of movies. I think it has a lot of great dialogue. I love how he kind of builds the storyline. It doesn't always go just from, from A to B, kind of like starts off somewhere in the middle or kind of like near the end and then kind of does a recap type of thing. And I just love like how he builds the relationship between the characters. Yes. The the dialogue between the ca- characters, which is something like Quentin Tarantino does a really good job with the dialogue with the characters. Um, so I think those both of those directors have that kind of similar uh, similar things going on going on there. But um, really with some of like his like rock roller, uh, the um, uh, the King Arthur one that he did, uh, this uh, this one here, the gentleman, the uh, snatch. Sherlock Holmes that he did. Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to make sure I didn't say the snatch this time. And then like uh, and then Locksock and Sue Smart Locksock and two smoking barrels. They're just like really kind of like fun and entertaining movies, and I think he does a really good job. Even though it may not be like, uh, like to the critics, um, pleasing. You know, they don't usually get like so. A lot of his movies don't always get like really high ratings, but I think he does an awesome job with them. A lot of his movies, to that point, uh, you mentioned the critics, and I think some of that's even the fans. A lot of people don't necessarily appreciate his movies because he touches on real-life subjects, things people don't want to face. Let's face it, how many marijuana kingpins are out there? And his movie was just kind of beat him by a few years. Um, really launched as this American anti-socialite is trying to get out of the business in England. Um, yeah, that's a good point because most people don't want to face this reality. Yeah. Uh, but I I did enjoy the movie. Um, yeah, I just, you know, there's a lot of a lot of really fun parts, a lot of funny parts in there. Things that you find that you know, like even like just like little tiny like jokes here and there. And the actors all did a great job. Yes, um, and and you mentioned uh, one of my favorite things about Guy Ritchie films, which is he builds relationships between characters some of them positive relationships some of them negative relationships some people trying to use others but in the essence he really shows this interconnection uh, between all walks and makes of life and how they can impact each other knowingly or uh, unknowingly 
really make big world changes in these other people's lives. And with that, he had a star-studded cast here. We can't forget, you know, Matthew McConaughey is great. Not every I didn't even take this guy serious until I saw him in True Detective. <laughs> and then ever since then, he's literally revisiting his movies. He's dynamic. And I have a, a true appreciation, not just for his serious movies, but even his rom-coms, knowing now how broad his spectrum and his ability is. Um, then you have Colin Farrell as coach. Man, Colin Farrell did an amazing yes, job. Yes, he did. <laughs> he was a, a superstar. Uh, great in there. And really the piece there, you know, uh, some of the scenes are his students, if you will, his boxers, go and rob one of Mickey Pearson, so Matthew McConaughey's pot shops. <laughs> um, really not a pot shop, but growing well, area. Growing area. Um, geniusly hidden from sight in plain view, if you will, uh, as far as an entrance to the, the lair. Um, but they go and they rob one, not knowing the impact it would have. So then Colin Farrell, again, this great character as coach goes through to try to make it right. And you literally see him counting the correction of the strike. So it was one out to their mistake and he counts backwards the strikes and he even gives a fourth one and ends up saving uh, Matthew McConaughey's right hand's life at one point. Um, and it was just great. So that being said, who's your favorite character? <sighs> this is tough because there are so many great characters. And you mentioned how Guy Ritchie does this and he does uh, right down to bunny. Bunny's one of my favorite characters. He's not my favorite character, but that's he what, is that's, great. So when I was talking about <laughs> even like the littlest things, that's what's great. Because like, I was going to say like Bunny is one of like probably like my runner up to be my favorite character. Because I just love how he just stands there. And he's like coming in. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's sitting there. He is the muscle. And he is a big guy. And they lean on him when they need a big guy. And to that point, yeah, in one scene, they're going to rescue a girl. And in this scene, Bunny's sitting there against the wall, leaning against the wall, reading the paper, the post. And all of a sudden, they're like, all right, we need Bunny to go help the girl get her stuff. And that's when he's like, puts it down, folds it up, very, uh, very mature. Very classy, coming in, coming in. <laughs> with a great big smile. And he's always like super happy. Sorry about that, man. Or at the it's end, right. right at the end, when he's like, get, like uh, has to go take that guy into the uh, cooler icebox. Cool, yeah, the icebox. He's like coming in, coming in. <laughs> it is great, and uh, with that, man, I do have to say Matthew McConaughey does play my favorite character, and that's a tough one um, because Jeremy Strong did an amazing job as well, um, and, and uh, there's just so many great actors and actresses in this movie, um, but it does go to Matthew McConaughey because I thought he did a phenomenal job playing a role pretty dynamically, playing exactly his part of a kingpin who's not really a bad guy. And at one point, he actually goes out of his way to talk to another character. And it is this thing where, you know, his 
poison isn't that. His drug of choice being marijuana doesn't destroy lives. And this other person's being heroin is a life destroyer. That And that's real. Yeah. And it's interesting because it, this is one of the things where Guy Ritchie does a, a great job when he directs it. And um, in this scene, he directed, he produced, he did all of this. And with that, though, he does this great job of blending right and wrong. And at the time, in most areas, Areas, marijuana very illegal hence the reason it's all hidden it's underground literally and it is not something that is out there but Guy Ritchie puts it in a movie and he really opens makes people who are intelligent enough and willing enough to open their eyes and be like yeah like, this isn't a life destroyer this is really if anything much like alcohol um it's not much different. It is I'd say alcohol is probably more of a life destroyer than marijuana. I would actually agree based on science. And here we do. We, we uh, review science. science. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is the new science, Noah. This is good oh, for you. Uh, this is good. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Biden. Science has changed. Science, science has changed. changed. <laughs> so, yeah, he's got... Can you believe the guy was going to go around giving out people's crack pipes? Oh, my God. Un. Unbelievable. Anyhow, life destroyer. Um, with that, it's just, it's really interesting. And Matthew McConaughey's character um, does a great job with all of his relationships, whether it's his foes or his friends or his wife. He does this great job being good at life. And I, and I love his character. And there are many parts, um, many scenes that he does a great job and many ways, uh, terms, phrases where, you know, he looks at his wife and I love the way he says it a couple times during the movie any chance <laughs> and she lets him know one way or another right away uh, but that's one of those things with relationships he understands his wife wants to be in control uh and he's okay with that piece yeah I, that's a good that's a good character um that's not gonna be my favorite character all right what's your favorite character my favorite character is gonna be raymond smith okay his uh his right hand man dude raymond smith it is a tough one. I agree with that. And again, perfectly cast. Perfectly cast by, was it Charlie Hunnam? Is that how you say his name? I believe so. So uh, if for those of you guys who, if I mispronounce it, that's the guy who is like the main character of the, in the Sons of Anarchy. Um, and he was also in uh, Pacific Rim and, and some other movies. Any case, um, yeah, I think I liked his character a little bit more because I, I liked how he... Just like McConaughey, I think he showed the same kind of smarts as McConaughey did. And but I think what really like stole the show for me is when he was like, I don't want to go to that place. I don't want to go to like the, that's like the slum area. Can you just get someone else to go there? Hey, Matthew like, McConaughey is you're going to. Yeah, Matthew McConaughey is like, You gotta go there, you're my best guy. I want I want you to get this done right. And so he's like, All right. And then <laughs> it goes along like he knew it would. Yeah, it goes just like <laughs> he thought it would. And then uh, this is where the, this is what I liked the most about it, is how he handled the situation in the uh, in the room with the with the girl and her friends, and then he's like, then he tells like the guys like, all right, get like, show them the show them show them the word for a minute or whatever, and uh, and then come down. But then like the guy falls, right? The guy gets like knocked over and pushed over and falls out of the window and like splats, and then they have to go run around and capture these kids and stuff. And you see him running around. He's like, here, I'm trying to buy your phone from you. For Just five give, quid. Yeah. For <laughs> 5,000 quid. Yeah, for 5,000 quid. 
<laughs> and he's like, just give me the phone. I'm trying to buy it from you. I'm not going to like steal it from you. I don't want to like, get, I want to fight with you. Just give me the damn phone. Right. And the kid's like, no. So he's like, all right, fine. Fuck it. And he just like pulls out the guy. And he goes, like, starts spraying it. And you can see him like huffing and puffing and all, you know, from like running before. And he's just like, all right, screw this. I'm just, done. I'm done fucking around now. And uh, so I just, I just like how he handled that situation. And then, then there's that other one where, uh, the guy was like, uh, I forget what happens, but he jumps over the fence. Oh, Fook. Was, Fook. Fook. <laughs> yeah. P-H-U-C. Fook me. <laughs> Where Fook jumps out of the... Uh, out of the trunk, runs the trunk, over the fence. And then falls in and gets hit by the... Uh, train. Train. <laughs> and then Matthew McConaughey goes, what's happening with you? Do we have to get you parachutes? <laughs> <laughs> But he's like cool about it at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good line. <laughs> yeah, it was. And, 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 and you know, he's doing his best. Like he'd expect the guy to go running and then like fall over the fence into the, and get hit by a train or anything like that. So I, I thought his character was a uh, was really good. I think a, a really close runner up for me was uh, was Colin Farrell with as Dude, coach. Coach was cool. Um, man, yeah. Charlie Hunnam. Um, I think what I really respected most about his character in the movie was the guy's house. Oh, his Dude, house that was Barbie. Awesome. <laughs> Barbie. Yeah, that's the other part I liked about his character. <laughs> Just cool. Oh my goodness, I want that. Like that that smokeless uh, barbecue that he had, and then like he like he obviously had great uh, scotch, which I'm surprised you didn't like decorate the back. Forty, yeah. You didn't put it in the background, bro. That's all right. It'll come back. Best of Kai Ritchie. We know this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, you like his house and like uh, drinking the scotch. And then, you know, he's always like, hey, take your shoes off when you go to the room. And I also like how smart he was to like kind of play out uh, Hugh Grant's character. Yeah, uh, that's a really good point. And what Noah was talking about with the Glenn Barkless 40 is a 1,500-pound bottle of scotch of which... Uh, one is owned in this home. Uh, yeah. In the Scotch vault. <laughs> in the Scotch vault. Um, so what was your favorite scene? Oh, I mean, man. I know we talked about a bunch of different scenes, but was, which one's your favorite? Um, one of my favorite scenes is absolutely towards the end when Mickey Pearson is getting his pound of flesh. And you mentioned this to about bunny coming in. <laughs> uh, so after Mickey Pearson has been done wrong and tried to be swindled and schemed out of hundreds of millions of dollars by the little French bastard, I'm just going to go, <laughs> uh, is he lets the guy know, Hey, I know you are the one who's been pulling all these strings scheming against me. You're saying you didn't meet uh dry eye or the other guys who have tried to kill him as well. Um, uh, and some very adult scenes in there, what dry eye does. I'm glad dry dies. Like that is absolutely a crime punishable by death in my mind. When Matthew McConaughey takes out dry, uh, like loved it. I absolutely loved it. And uh, Dry was trying to rape his wife. And uh, yeah, I think that is a crime punishable by death. I think Matthew McConaughey did exactly what was right. And then one of the things I love about his character is after he kills this guy, he's like, 
How's it going, babe? <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> like, it's totally cool. Um, as far as what else can you do? But uh, risked his life, uh, loved his wife. And, uh, and when he finds out that this schemer, um, Lord, or whatever he was, the uh, the billionaire that was trying to buy his business for $120 million as opposed to $400 million had done, he goes and... Um, shows them, hey, I know you're the one who tried to get dry eye involved and knew dry eye and used these people against me. I know you're the one who told them where my pot growth plant was that got robbed. I know you're the one that pulled all these strings. So not only am I not going to sell the business to you now, I'm going to keep the business, but you're going to still pay me the damage you've done, which I believe you said was $320 million. Something like that. Yeah, so $320 million And he's like, so here's what you got. You're going to go walk into this freezer, and Bunny's going to go with you. And not only do I want my $320 million that you just said you cost me, that my that I have lost in value, but I want a pound of flesh for the, the, the real-life challenge, the struggle you brought upon my wife. And you don't come out of there until I've got my money and my pound of flesh. And Bunny is going to make sure that it had a gram less, not a penny less. <laughs> yes, yeah. And it's it's uh, so well done. Coming in. Uh, yeah. Coming in. <laughs> it's great. Uh, really, that's one of my favorite scenes. Um, the the interesting pieces, uh, my, my third favorite scene, those being two of them, is when he goes after the Chinese man whose son, so Dry Eye's uncle, basically, or nephew, uh, Dry Eye's the nephew of this man. Uh, um, he goes after him, the heroin seller, and he poisons him in his own kitchen. Um, you know, with food from his own kitchen, kitchen lets him know, man, you need to like stay back and stay away from this. Um, most of the best scenes in this movie are not the happy-go-lucky ones. They're not the loving ones, the romantic ones. They're the real-life ones, the ones where right. um, whether you're a Michael Jordan, a Michael Schumacher, a Kobe Bryant, you fell and you had to get back up quickly, and then you persevered. And uh, that those are the scenes I absolutely love about Guy Ritchie films. So my favorite one uh, happens to be the the one with McConaughey and the uh, the uncle. Okay. Uh, so he's like, uh, <laughs> if I can get to you in your kitchen, I can get to you anywhere. Yep. So that's probably like my favorite scene because it just shows like he, he still like, even though he's trying to get out of the business, he still shows that he is very capable. And I think it just shows like, uh, like how great of a, his character is or his, you know, that person's supposed to be. And I, and I really liked it. I thought it was very, uh, you know, he, he tried to be polite about it. You're like he could have just—I mean, if he if he poisoned him, he could have killed that guy and stuff like that. But he just he he went there to make a point, and I think he did a very good job with that. My second favorite scene, though, <laughs> is actually with Colin Farrell and his uh, boxing boys when they uh, kidnap the guy. And, oh, dude, the pig. <laughs> and they make the guy, <laughs> like, I don't know what they did with the pig. <laughs> it was bad <laughs> enough to make the guy scream. But it was, yeah, it was bad enough, like to, make the guy, it was bad enough to make the guy scream. But really the part that, that really makes that scene, like, really, like, the, like, really primo is when he is, uh, when Colin Farrell is showing it to Raymond. 
Good Lord. I mean, I was there and I'm still shocked. Is that who I think it is? Yeah, it certainly is. And that's your doing. You can't unsee it once you've seen it, can you? No, you can't unsee it. It's nightmare fuel. That'll be with me forever. The yeah, story won't be running. And Raymond's like, you can't unsee what you, <laughs> you just You really see. can't unsee that, can yeah. you? <laughs> <laughs> and then Colin Farrell's like, no, no. And I was there. You cannot unsee this. <laughs> That, that's for, for the part of the CV when he talks about the guy having a long night with the pig, too. When he's like, "Yeah, I was there." Yeah, you can't, you can't unsee it. No. <laughs> yeah, brilliant though. But again, it's not like a. Oh, this is a. This is a cool scene. He got the date for the prom. This is a. What? <laughs> so that's that scene. Like I just found it's like super hilarious of how they're just like, yeah. I mean, you, you just can't unsee that. No, you can't. <laughs> and I was there, and I still can't unsee it. <laughs> huh. Yeah, some things you can't unsee. <laughs> like, just the way Colin Farrell does it all, too, because at the beginning, he's like, you know. He's like twitching. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, right before, he's like, like, they're in the van, he's like, due to some circumstances or whatever, I found myself now in the film industry. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so you see this laptop here before you, you got to hit the space bar and you will see your part in this <laughs> film. <laughs> yeah. And you can tell the whole time, like Colin Farrell's like his character is uneasy about all of this. Yeah. He's just, uh, uh, <laughs> and he's like, you might want to have some tea. Yeah. <laughs> if you feel Not better. sure if you want coffee or tea. I got them both for you. That's how bad this is. <laughs> that scene was, that scene was like, it just, I just cracked up throughout that, throughout that whole scene because it's just, it's so bad that it's funny. It is bad. Uh, but to that point as well. So at that point, we've got the publisher of all the news he wants but nothing else he's got a problem with mickey pearson matthew mcconaughey's character and so he's intentionally going after mickey pearson um but again this is part of this brilliant spider web of character relationships that guy Ritchie does in his films where he connects the coach to mickey pearson but indirectly it's really through raymond smith um who i really does a great job i agree with you like that's a tough call um, um, I just, I think if anything, out of the two, Matthew McConaughey just dressed a little bit sharper and was a little bit classier of an individual and definitely more powerful. Uh, but Charlie Hunnan um, was definitely the more loyal, physical. He's the guy you want as a best friend or a right hand. Absolutely. I don't care what business you're in. He's the guy you want. Yeah, I would agree with that. And uh, it was, yeah, that was, it was a fun movie. It's a, yeah, it is a fun movie. Um, thank you for going on this journey, revisiting this movie. It's definitely one of the movies where I can watch it easily uh, once a month and never get tired of it. It's like Casino Royale for me. It's like Snatch for me, another Guy Ritchie film. Um, like the Sherlock movies, uh, also Guy Ritchie films, the first and right. second with Robert Downey Jr. Um, he's done a great, a, a great job job uh bringing a light out of dark i would agree with that i think that that's a good enough close right there on that one 
All right. Uh, oh, you know, I'm going to just do a real quick other uh, get it together. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, I thought about this one, and I meant to say it earlier. I'm going to do a get it together for me. Um, I was supposed to uh, write five letters, <laughs> and I have yet to do it. So, Noah, get it together. Uh, I wrote eight, and I haven't gotten any of them back yet, but that's snail mail. There's a reason we call it snail mail. It's part of the experience to see what it feels like, how how it does suck, um, knowing that it takes a really a week potentially each way for a letter to get going anywhere and get it back. Um, but is it, what is it like waiting? Yeah, and not that it's a total excuse, but to my defense, I think my mind's been not preoccupied with some other stuff. Yeah, you've got a lot going on. I fully understand. We actually talked about tax season screwing me up every year. (laughs) (laughs) So I I think come Tuesday, uh, come tomorrow, uh, that that that, all that stuff that was kind of bogging me down, um, and and I'm not saying bogging me down in a bad way, but in a good way. Yeah. Um, Just keeping my mind preoccupied on some other stuff. uh, I think it'll free up some bandwidth for me to uh, actually be able to sit down and write those letters and stuff uh, after Tuesday afternoon. Nice. So yeah, I just want to give that uh, give that uh, get it together real quick. I gotta like hold myself accountable. So um, real quickly, what is our uh, next? Uh, Are you going big? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the only one I got. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can go for one of the others. Yeah, we can go with that. All right. Do you want to introduce? Oh, you can. You're, this you're the sketch guy. Oh man. So this delicious treat. And I'm only saying that based on previous experience of other scotches from this house is the Talisker double matured in Omaroso cask wood, the distillers edition. Dum, dum, dum. Dum, dum, dum. Um, so this is, uh, you know, a little bit different as far as it's another island. It's not Isla. It's not Jura. This is from the Isle of Skye. Isle of Skye. And, you know, unfortunately, it's not the uh, 10, which is uh, from the uh, James Bond, but I'm sure he would drink it. Uh, yeah, and the 10 was good, but this could be better. It honestly could be better. It could be better. All right, so I've been trying to think about what our next week topic should be. And, uh, like, I, I know you and I talked about this a little bit. One, one of the ideas was uh, to uh, watch a movie and uh uh about friendship or whatever and kind of like and kind of like whatever movie you want to pick about friendship and then just kind of say how that would relate to our friendship uh the other idea was to do uh, a war gaming about if we were going to take over the world how would we go about doing that even if it could take like possible multiple generations uh so i am actually going to go with the more fun one i mean you know here's a here's a thought not not intentionally interrupting you because you did bring these both to my attention, but what if along with the more fun one, there is just five minutes in each of the next four episodes where you talk about if each five minutes, if each episode, those five minutes is, is your course of action over one year, what would you do in four years? I don't know. Pretend you're Biden and trying to ruin America. Um, he's just doing it. He's might not even be trying, but pretend you're Biden trying to ruin America. If that's your your world plot to take over the world, maybe that's one way to go. You could do both. Uh, I don't know. I think it'd be better to act like we're just doing in a war game and like kind of like having like chess pieces up or something. All right. I was going to say, cause you know, like you could be like Biden one. We'd be like, I'm going to give 800 million to Ukraine. That'll hurt. <laughs> 
hey, shut down the pipeline. No, not theirs, ours, that aren't. <laughs> I mean, that's one way to destroy the country, not take over the world. Uh, you but, you know. Know, but you know, I think if you are going to take over the world, you would have to get rid of the Americans first. So that's probably a, a designed... Uh, America, these colors don't run. <laughs> so I'm going to go with the more fun one, you know, uh, still uh, just uh, pick a film uh, that, that has to do with, with friendship and uh, <laughs> kind of explain, uh, like, you know, kind of like, why does that mean, why does that hold true for maybe for our friendship? All right. So I think that could be fun. It could be any movie and uh, it could be serious. It could be funny. It could be a comedy, however, however you want to look at it. All right, sounds good. All right. And uh, anything you want to say to the people before we get going? You know, just remember, drink responsibly. Life is great. Um, thank you for watching. Please continue to like, share, subscribe to our show. Let us know how to you improve, how to continue to make you want to watch the show. What are some of those topics that you're like, I want to see these two clowns or geniuses whatever you may perceive us as uh chit and chat about so uh, let us know some of those options and uh we'll get back all right so that's great uh, i'm gonna say thank you to all the listeners and all the uh uh people who watch our podcast a big shout out to um to our uh podbean spotify uh Google podcast, those people who listen to us on the audible sense, uh, you guys have made this month, our biggest month so far for, uh, audio listeners. So thank you very much. I greatly, we greatly appreciate that. Um, also with, uh, with the YouTube, uh, thank you again for all those people who subscribed on there and watch us on YouTube. You guys are making this also another great month for us. And for Rumble, this is also another good month here for us in, uh, on Rumble. Um, so thank you for those of you who've been watching us on Rumble. Uh, like Jesse said, please, uh, you know, let us know what you guys would like, what you like about us. Uh, and also, like, leave some comments about, like, any kind of topics you want us to talk about. And uh, hopefully you have a wonderful week. Uh, if you do want to become a patron, we uh, do our patron stuff through uh, Podbean. So Podbean patron it's going to be in the first link down below. And uh, you can be a, a member for a minimum of $1 a month. And uh, all that goes back into our podcast. And with that, uh, as Jesse uh, so kindly reminded us, uh, drink responsibly. Uh, cheers to all of you. And... Cheers. Cheers. We hope you enjoyed this evening's episode of Scotch Hour. If you did, please like, share, and subscribe. Also, if you have not done so already, please become a patron member with memberships starting as low as $1 a month. Thank you, and hopefully, you have a wonderful evening.